Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Max Potential Habits podcast. As you all know, this is a newer podcast, and I have been experimenting with bringing different people on, all related to helping bring you value to build your business, to help you understand how to be better at what you do, self-improvement, marketing strategy, lead generation, business building, knowing where you're at at this stage in the game of building your business. And if you're not a business builder, it's also a great place to listen for understanding success. If you're maybe you're a professional or you're taking on a new hobby and you want to advance to the next level, this is also going to be a great place for you. And I would love your feedback. If you're listening and you're liking, leave some reviews and and DM me on Instagram at NFA coaching is my handle. I'd love to hear from you what you're getting out of these podcasts and what you'd like to hear more of today. I'm really excited to have on someone who's going to bring you some incredible tips about marketing strategy. And this is something that I've been really into as a new business builder. You know, I'm about a year into my business and marketing is something that as a business owner is really important. I think a lot of us start a business and we forget that, oh, I want to be an expert coach, or maybe you're a realtor, or maybe you're, uh, there's so many different types of businesses we can build, but you forget that there's the business aspect and the marketing aspect. If you're not a successful marketer, you're probably not going to have a lot of success. So I am so excited to have on today, Gresham Harkless. And I'm going to call him Gresh because I asked him before. He's like, yes. And Gresh actually had me on his past podcast recently. We had an incredible interview and we really connected. And I was like, hey, I want to bring you on because you've got some great tips for my audience. So Gresh is the founder of Blogger in Nation for CEO Blog Nation and is the founder and digital marketing specialist behind Blue 16 Media. Blue 16 Media is a digital marketing company providing digital marketing services to small to medium-sized businesses and organizations. Central to his marketing philosophy is that you are a media company, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So he is, again, the owner of Blue 16 Media and CB Nation. He has a ton of experience. He has a team of eight. He helps people with their marketing strategy, and that is what we're bringing you today. So Buckle in and get ready for some awesome tips. You're probably going to want a piece of paper and a pencil if you're in a place where you can write things down, or you can always come back and listen and, and write down the tips that you're going to gain again. So welcome on the show. We're so glad to have you here, Gresh. Thank you so much, Amanda. I appreciate everything you're doing. Thanks for uh, having me on your show. Absolutely. So, so tell me, I always like to ask, um, just so listeners have a little bit of background, tell us a little bit about yourself, where, where you're from, what you love, how you got into this biz. Yeah, so um, I, um, I'm from the Washington, D.C. area, so I'm probably about 10 or 15 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. Uh, grew up in Woodbridge, Virginia, which is probably about 45 minutes, 45 minutes or so outside. And then I went to school um, in D.C., so I went to Howard for my undergrad. I went to Georgetown uh, for my master's. And as far as like what kind of gets my motor going, I guess you can say, um, I it took me a while. I, I always, you know, I think everybody goes through kind of those periods where you try to figure out exactly what your the essence of who you are as a person. And I think one of the big exercises that I did related to that was I looked at what I did when I was a kid before I was doing it for prestige or doing it because mm-hmm. I thought it was cool because it would make a lot of money, whatever that is. I just did it just because I just enjoyed doing it. And one of the, the biggest stories I remember 
was my dad was in the military. So he went um, TDY for um, a, about a year. He came back in between, but it was about a year or so total. And I remember I was about 10 years old and it was probably one of the, the, the more um, difficult times that I had. And it was because, you know, my dad was away and this was like pre um, Zoom, pre Skype, pre all, you know, FaceTime, all these things. So he went away and at that time, I was getting a little bit older, so I wanted to make some money, but also wanted to be connected to my dad and have him know everything that was going on with the family. So that was one of those things that I went back to and was like, that's probably the essence of who I am as a person because I started a family newspaper. And uh-huh. that family okay. newspaper, I, yeah, I would send to my dad when he was away. So we would send him care packages. We talked to him on the phone, but we would send him care packages and emails on um, dial-up internet, which was a <laughs> way back. Um, but it was those kind of newspapers that I put together that said, um, this is what's going on with our family and, and all of those things. And I also took those subscriptions and I sold them to some members of my family so they would know as well too. So I had some, a small membership model going on as well. But That is so awesome. Yeah, it, it was definitely something that I, when I was trying to figure out what and who I was, I looked back at and I thought it was something very unique. My mom still has like all the different copies of it. I did it for about two or three years. And um, I thought that I really love writing. I love creating content. I love the creativity of it. So, you know, flashback or fast forward a couple years, you know, when I'm figuring out what I want to do school-wise, I always knew I like to create stuff, always knew I like business. And that's kind of like what laid the foundation for what became, you know, CEO Blog Nation and the podcast that you've been, you know, a guest on as well is just that that curiosity with understanding what business was, what it means to be a CEO, what it means to be an entrepreneur and business owner in today's terms, and figuring out from my perspective how I can be the best business owner. What can I glean and get from, you know, people that I'm interviewing so that I can be better. So that kind of just went and took a step forward where everything just kind of evolved from there. That's such a great story. I love this. I love this for so many reasons because one thing that I have people do when they're stuck is to do exactly that. Like go back and look at what you're intrinsically inspired to do and what the skills you've developed over your life course combined with what you love to do. And so it's, and that's really where there's that sweet spot Mm -hmm. of being able to find something that's marketable and what people would want. It's because, you know, if you're getting up in the morning and you're like excited to do something already, it's, it's going to be a business that you love every day. And it gets to be like your work is a vacation. Right. (laughs) But even more so that's so heartfelt and connected. I mean, I'm thinking about your dad and how amazing it must've been to get those packages. Yeah. And he also had a, we, we also sent a few honey buns and oatmeal pies. So he liked those as well. So that also <laughs> helped him out. But yeah, it was, it was a, a great time for us to be connected in a time where there wasn't, you know, this instant connection that you can always have. Yeah. He was doing his part to serve the country. So, you know, just, you know, that is what really I cool. Yeah. And you said you're, you're a journalist, correct? Yeah, so I I was an English major actually in school, so I've always had that journalism bug. I was hesitant to get into journalism largely because the industry is kind of um, at a turning point, I guess I can say, just because people are trying to figure out the business model. But I've always had a a strong interest in it. I used to read the newspaper. I used to practice writing. I like I'm right here. Um, in the DC area. So the Washington Post, my parents used to get, so I used to open that up and like read it. And I, I wasn't really big on the news, but I think it was the stories and just the ability to kind of articulate certain things that I was always drawn to. So I don't know if it was the news per se, as much as the, 
creativity and way to express yourself that I really loved a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Through words. It's so cool. And so when you started your blog, was it an, an idea for business or was it just that you wanted to get content out there through writing? I think it was, so I used to do a lot of freelance writing. So I did that for a period and for whatever reason, I was really drawn to business. I think because I wanted to start a business and because I'd had, and to me, like I had, you know, I did, you know, the the selling of, you know, uh, popcorn and and things, you know, at the schoolyard, things like that. So when, again, looking back at what I did when I was a kid, I was like, okay, well, I think I have some tendencies, but I didn't necessarily grow up in that business environment. So Uh for me to try to, you know, do the freelance writing as a form of expression, something I like to do, but also as a form of discovery where I got the opportunity to learn about what it even meant to be a business owner. Cause I knew I wanted to start a business at some point. I just didn't know what it was. So that's, it was pretty much just a hobby. And I always joke and say, it's like my business school, which is why, you know, it started out with me, you know, doing that. Um, and I think probably what really, forced me to do is I actually tore my Achilles tendon, you know, trying to play basketball. And um, I was kind of stuck in bed where I had to, to really, I wasn't able to get around as much anymore. And sometimes when those things happen, it forces you to do what you maybe want to do, but aren't really doing. Um, So because I was recovering and stuck in bed, I started to work on a lot more at that time. Huh. That's interesting. I love this because what you said really stands out is thinking about how life becomes a business school. When you look at those skills that you have and you go, okay, wait, what am I really good at? And I'm thinking of you selling popcorn, you know, yeah. it's like you had that entrepreneurial spirit, it sounds like, and then creating the membership program with the content that you were creating in the newsletter for your family. That's mm-hmm. so such a great story. I love that. Um, let's talk a little bit about, so in your blog, what do you share with everyone? Yeah. So it's a, it's general kind of business information for different people that are kind of driven to, to improve themselves and, and to, to be better um, within their, their business and to grow their business. So it's called CEO blog nation and kind of at the heart of it is um, it has niche blogs within it. So each of the blogs kind of focuses on different aspects of business. Cause I think that a lot of times when you look at business, you forget that, you know, people make up these organizations. We are founders. It comes from somebody's idea. So that's kind of like the, the, the drum that this entire kind of community of sites takes on where, okay. you know, if you're located in the DC, Maryland and Virginia area, we have a DC, Maryland and Virginia, DMV CEO um, site that focuses on entrepreneurship just in the DC, Maryland and Virginia area. Um, we have a site that focuses on, it's called Hearpreneur. So it focuses on hearing from entrepreneurs. So hearing the profiles or stories, things that make them effective and efficient. So um, we have a teacher CEO site that is all infographics and things like that, but kind of, it's all under one umbrella, but the idea is that each you go to any of these sites you'll get that kind of philosophy that flavor that's unique to that specific thing that you're looking for I love this and you know I want to highlight for listeners that's that's a really powerful message that you're sharing in different niches that it resonates with in different areas but you still have a focused approach even though you're doing so much because I know a lot of people struggle with this it's like but I want to do 50 things and I've got, you know, there's mixed messages from marketers and strategists that say, you know, fine tune and focus on one thing. And you've got to focus on that one thing in order for you, for you to grow, you know, tell us a little more about that. And I know this is an alignment with you thinking about you are a media company. So, so let's go there and and give us some tips. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's um, kind of understanding that there's short-term goals and there's long-term goals. And I think the vision that I had for the entire kind of brand was to really uh, create something that was a go-to for entrepreneurs and business owners. But at the same time, I understood that people identified with certain um, markets or they came to sites for certain things. They might come to sites because they wanted, you know, specific development or they might want to actually... Um, you know, hear stories. So understanding all that psychology of why people come to certain things was kind of important and, and kind of the vision. Um, and and you, you touched on it, you know, perfectly about the UR Media Company. And that was something that I started to learn and evolve into. So like even, you know, like you mentioned, for those people that are listening, you may not know from day one. And I think that's okay. I think that part of the process is evolving into that. And I myself am a perfect example of evolving into that. I had a, you know, a digital marketing company, but I also have this blog. So it was only understanding how I wanted to approach marketing and how I even preached to my clients that I understood that this blog, these podcasts, this community of um, resources is really right in line with my entire marketing philosophy. So the UR Media Company is really focused on having that strategic focus on your marketing and everything that you're doing. I think far too often that people hear that they should be on Instagram or hear they should be on IGTV or they hear that they need to be on LinkedIn, but they're not really thinking strategically about what I think are the two or three different aspects that you should ask first and foremost before you make any decision about where to be. And that's, you know, your target market. Do you know, you know, front, back, side to side, up and down all around exactly who your avatar is, that person that you want to come through the door over and over again. Can you paint that picture? Do you know what time of day they, they eat lunch? Do you know what they like to eat for lunch? And I think that it's okay if you don't know that today, but understand that you always want to have that constant curiosity, that constant um, desire to learn that more and more about that person. And you want to paint that picture clearer and clearer every single day. And that will, you know, direct exactly like what social media platforms you want to be on, what messaging you want to have on your website, just pictures and images, things like that. I think, you know, that's one of the first things to kind of, you know, take into account. The second thing I would definitely say is have a realistic um, perspective and have an honest look about what resources you have available to you. And that usually comes down to time and money. Um, so time, and usually like when you start your business, you have, you know, more time than you have money. Um, if you're bootstrapping, of course. So you have to be honest that, hey, maybe you do want to hire a website developer, but maybe you don't have the budget to do that. And that's okay because you can involve into that. So maybe you decide that this is what I'm going to do for today, but I understand where I want to be vision wise. So you understand that, okay, these are honest this is honestly where I am at, you know, with my resources and what I want to do. And then I think the final thing that, you know, getting really clear about before you even, you know, open up, you know, and create a Facebook page or anything like that is understanding in what your goal is. Um, and your goal could be many different things. If you are a consultant or maybe like a coach or um, a strategist where you're doing more networking and you want your website to potentially, um, basically cement all the great things that somebody understood when they had a conversation with you, your website is going to look entirely different than somebody that's trying to sell widgets and has an e-commerce store and they're trying to drive people from social media versus somebody who wants to use, you know, other, you know, organic tools for people to find what it is that they do or they're creating a blog and they just want pure traffic. It doesn't matter who it is. So 
understanding that will really direct uh, what avenues or what I like to call ingredients that you choose um, to, to help you to reach those three aspects. Oh, this is very powerful because I know as a business builder, I have really struggled <laughs> in these areas because, and it's taken me, you know, I'm a, I'm not even quite a year into like opening the doors to clients and I have evolved and changed so much over that time. The learning curve has been huge. And I took this approach in the beginning that was really funny. Most people say scale up and for some reason I didn't listen to that. <laughs> And I did like everything. I started with every social media outlet and it was scattered all over the place. And I was trying to, you know, I just didn't know what I was doing at all. And I was trying to figure it out. And I was very, I had a lot of will and desire and drive and I wanted to get information out there, but I didn't look at these, you know, I didn't have this outline of these three questions. So these are really valuable. One thing I do want to ask you though, is like, I, and I still struggle with this a little bit because I, as a coach, and, and I think you're right, it's different. If you have like a product, a very specific service or product that's, that's so, you know, it's like, okay, I've got this one book to sell. You just sell that. Right. And it's pretty straightforward when you're a coach. I mean, I can do so many different things. I work with couples. I work with entrepreneurs. I work with small businesses. I work with people sometimes that are overcoming grief and loss. I, you know, it's like I do 50 different things. And so trying to get that all under one umbrella has been incredibly challenging for me. And I, um, I don't even know that I'm there yet, but, <laughs> and I yeah. probably never will be all the way there. But one thing I want to ask you is when you're looking at your target market and you're thinking about your avatar, would you say that it's beneficial to think about an avatar for different products or services you offer? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a phenomenal point. And I think that again, you know, we're all kind of uh, evolving into that. And one of the things that I, I started to learn, you know, as I got, you know, farther along in my business, where I reached like that point is I looked and I said, what, who, who and what is my favorite client? Um, why are they my favorite client? And I started to basically paint a picture around that person. And that didn't happen for, I want to say, probably about three or four years um, after I was starting. So, and, and, and it's going to evolve again. And I think that's where I get a lot more pieces, understanding that that changes. But absolutely, like, um, depending on what your service is, what products you have that might complement the services or not complement the services, you start to figure out um, what works best for them, what avatar works best for each of those levels. And, you know, just having that entire kind of funnel mentality where you understand that, you know, maybe there's a step above, you know, especially for coaching where, you know, you might have a target client um, that, will sign up for your email list, then somebody else might buy your lower, you know, um, offer, and then your higher offer, then actually want to do group coaching, then actually want to do one on one coaching, it's understanding that there's kind of steps and levels and understanding that th that person that ends up or at that each of those levels is not necessarily going to be the same person. But I think that definitely comes over time. But um, I also would say, you know, for anybody that might be listening, that is, you know, doing a bunch of things, that's okay. It really yeah. is. Yeah, because for one, it provides opportunity to explore a little bit. And that's where sometimes innovations happen where, you know, LinkedIn is specifically for businesses or B2B, but there might be somebody that's experimenting right now and sees that there is some avenue because they experimented and they didn't just listen to all the quote unquote experts, but they try to experiment. So um, I think there's always room for that. You, it's, it's a tough balance to figure out how much do I want to experiment and do what's tried and true versus trying out something else. So that's why, 
you know, I'm big into like picking one or two things and uh-huh. one is your main, the other thing. And I, again, I call them ingredients. The other thing is kind of, let me just kick the tires on this and see if it works. And if it doesn't, then I'm going to replace it with something else. Yeah. I love that. It, it, uh, you, you just made me think about how it's almost like dating, how, it, you know, if you just went on one date and we're like, I'm just going to do that, you know, you would never know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so in the beginning, a lot of the times, you know, it's, it takes dating different people to find different parts of yourself right. and to understand what you like. And in my business, I've really noticed that it's like, oh, for me, it was hard to not inject the values of other coaches who I saw being successful because I'm like, oh, they're doing that and they're successful. So that's what I've got to do. And so I would do it. And then I'd find myself feeling kind of stuck and miserable. And I'm like, oh, that's not what I want to do. And then as I started to allow myself to, ex- I love that you said explore leads to innovation. And and I think it also leads to developing your identity and your, mm-hmm. and your brand. You know, exactly. so you start to go, oh, what is it? What way do I like to coach or sell or what products do I like, you know, depending on your business, who do I like to work with? And for me, it might be different because I have an avatar of a client in, in Boulder where I live. And those are my one-on-one clients that I work on, work with in person. And then I have online clients and then I have online group training and I have a whole bunch of different, and it's all a very different group of people. So I've learned to create different avatars for those different sets And it's something I just recently, I don't remember where I heard it, but I was like, oh, wow, that's so helpful. And it's, I think when we're learning new skills, we cling to what other people have done who are successful. And then it, it, and if you're like me, sometimes that can get me stuck because then I am afraid to experiment. And then when I let myself relax into it, I'm like, wait, I got to figure out my unique flavor of doing this. Yes, I can follow the successful, the the, uh, steps and the strategies and the roadmap that other people have, but it's still going to be in my unique flavor. Right. Yeah. And I think that it's just, it's an evolution process and it takes time to get there. And that's why I usually say, you know, pick one or two, maybe three tops, but different ways, because that gives you the tried and true way that you know that it works and that you see works, but it also gives you that opportunity to kind of experiment with different things that maybe you, you don't even believe it's possible, but you're just going to try it. And then all of a sudden it works. But if you are only going to do that one thing that always works, that's where you have businesses like, you know, the, the blockbusters of the world that don't continue on because they didn't innovate. They didn't try those things. They didn't bet on those things. But when you have that kind of balance and it's tough to figure out exactly what that is, um, but you figure that uh, that out and then you execute on that and you have to, of course, you know, takes, you know, being bold and courageous to be able to do that, to say that I'm going to leave something on the table potentially for the long-term health of my business and yeah. I'm going to be okay with this maybe not working um, because it's part of the process. It's part of what I'm trying to do to be in whatever that vision is and that vision is different for everybody, which is, I think, okay. key. Yeah. Will you share, I love what you said when we were talking pre-show about the idea of the ingredients and and a shotgun approach. And will you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when you figure out those two, three questions, um, the idea is I I usually say like, you know, figure out whatever you want to create. My favorite thing and the metaphor that I use is sweet potato pie because it's one of my favorite uh, dishes. And uh, but the idea is that when you have a sweet potato pie, you want to make sure that you have your crust in place. I usually say from a marketing standpoint, your crust is going to be like your web design, your website, and and then maybe a blog attached to that. It's wherever you're going to draw people back to. 
Um, and then really the, the, the really big thing, um, you know, after you figure out your recipe, which is kind of your marketing strategy, the, the time that you're going to spend the most is going to be on the ingredients. So what I want you guys to do is definitely to envision yourself walking into a grocery store and you see so many different ingredients. There's pickles, there's pineapples, there's um, a, a bunch of different things out there. But the, the problem I think that people do is that they hear that you should have pickles into every dish that you, you make. And pickles could be, you need to have a Facebook page. You need to have, a, you need to be on Instagram. You need to be going live. You need to be doing this. It could be said in so many different ways. But in reality, if you have done those three questions and you've, you know, you've really drilled down on that and continue to understand that that evolves, you know that you only want pickles if you're maybe making a sandwich and you like pickles on your sandwich. Yeah. So you, you really think about that strategically rather than a shotgun approach where you're literally trying to go down every aisle of the grocery store and get every single thing when in reality it doesn't go in line with what you're trying to do, what your vision it might even be for your organization. And I think it's, it's, Part of it's, you know, marketing people as well saying you need to be doing this and I'm an expert in X, Y, and Z, so you need to do this. But I think it really hurts, you know, business owners. I, I think that we see, you know, what people are doing. I think it's human nature to do that, to see um, somebody that's successful at X, Y, and Z and want to emulate that. I think that's driven people do it. I think human, it's human nature to do it. But I think that doing and get, having that quiet moment where you're figuring out the answers to those three questions mm -hmm. and then you're figuring out, okay, my ingredients are going to be this social media site. It's going to be Instagram or maybe it's LinkedIn or maybe it's, I'm going to invest in SEO um, is really the way it goes. And, and to take it even a little bit deeper, um, one of the reasons that I talk about understanding who your target market is, is because when you understand exactly who they are, you will figure out maybe where they're spending time. So is your target market maybe spending time only on Instagram or LinkedIn or maybe Facebook or maybe it's only Facebook groups? You start to figure that out. And then rather than you saying, okay, I'm going to do a you know LinkedIn ad when all my target market is craving for a Facebook group, you instead will say, hey, I want to create a Facebook group. And yes, I know this guru said do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I'm just going to do this because I know without a shadow of a doubt, my target market is asking for it. My avatar asks for it. They crave it. They want it. They need it. And I'm going to provide it. That's kind of like the idea behind the ingredients. I love this. This is packed with value. And I think in so many ways, it's because I know this, I'm going through this process. Mm -hmm. And it's something that's so fresh and new to me. And I'm like, oh, you said so many valuable things in there. First, I want to I want to highlight you, you talked about the quiet moment, mm -hmm. where you step back and take time to evaluate and go is what I'm doing working? Do I like doing this? Who, so, you know, let's review those three questions. Who's my target market? Who's the avatar? Number two, what's the realistic perspective or what, what, in terms of your resources that you have available in right. time and money? And then what's your goal? And these are so simple and yet a lot of people don't implement them. And maybe it's because they don't know upfront and because there's so much to do when you start a new business, it seems somewhat overwhelming and you just kind of going, going, going. You're like, if I do everything, it'll work. And instead, it helps to have some strategy around it and just ask these three simple questions. And it takes that quiet moment to do that. Right. So I love that. And I love this metaphor because it's, it's so brilliant. It's so true. You know, we can go to the grocery store and be like, that looks amazing. That looks amazing. That's what they're doing. They said this looks good. 
you know, and maybe you try the pickles in the pie and then you go, Oh, actually maybe it tastes great to you. You innovated a new, and maybe that's the flavor that your audience actually likes. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. But that's not going to be for everybody. And, and I do think I like what you're saying about how in the beginning of experimenting, I don't think that you can really know until you try some of the things out. Right. And, but pretty quickly, if you take those quiet moments, you can start to distill and distinguish and determine what you actually enjoy doing instead of like going, okay, I've got to try all these things. I, I'll give everyone a really good, you know, example that's close to home for me. I, I just started doing um, Facebook marketing for the first time ever. I've hired someone to do Facebook marketing. Mm -hmm. I don't really, I'm not on Facebook that much. <laughs> Right. And it was so funny because it's like, oh, well, this is what other people do and this is how it should be done. And then I, I've, there was all this stuckness and I'm like, this isn't working. And, I, and I'm like, okay, it's because I love Instagram. I need to focus on Instagram and I have my biggest following there. So I don't know why my mind forgot that, you know, it's like, of course I need to target to the people. And then, and same with LinkedIn. I, I don't have a huge audience yet, but I love LinkedIn. I love the way that the information is shared and I love the type of information you can share and the community of people. And then Instagram is kind of a totally different avatar, but it, I love both of those platforms. So I go and, and podcasts, you know, like I absolutely love doing podcasts. And right. so I'm starting to really find my little, my groups and my community through those platforms. Um, and then I want to add too. sometimes technology limits you. It, it, it's kind of interesting. Like I dropped Facebook a couple weeks ago and then I had to add it back in because I couldn't get the, my video to upload in the right way on my website, which was so funny. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm sticking with YouTube. Yes, Zuckerberg knows. <laughs> like he's reeling you back in. Right. It was I own everything. <laughs> but it was my mindset around it that shifted. I just went, that's okay. Like it's not a big deal to upload a video to YouTube and, and there's some people there and that's okay. I'm just not going to, focus on it i'm just right. focus on these other platforms but it's just going to be there in the background yeah i do want to ask you um this day and age do you think that it's essential that you use social media i do um i think there's you know again you know going back to those three questions there's certain businesses or organizations maybe you're creating a mastermind where you don't want everybody to know exactly what you're doing so again that's going to be a completely different scenario if that's exactly what you want but i do think that um, one of the big things that i try to focus on you know with the blog and everything that we do one of the central parts of the goal is visibility and i think that because people are spending time on social media, I think that is where you have to be to get that visibility. And I think that, you know, with Facebook and Instagram and, you know, they own, you know, literally everything seems like, um, they understand that, which is where you're starting to see like the, you have to pretty much pay to play platforms, things like that, where you have to, you know, do advertising, um, to be there. But I think that, we are inherently social. We are inherently wanting to connect with each other. And I think just as I wanted to connect with my father, you know, when he was in an entirely different country, um, I think you want to do that. You crave that. You want to make that happen. And I think that that provides just an avenue for that to happen. Now, I think the social media sites might completely change. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's important to understand that. But I think the psychology of who we are as people um, won't necessarily change. We want to be connected. Um, and I think that we're craving that even probably more so even with these platforms that I, I think that it's not necessarily going to change. Um, 
but you know, it's hard to see a world where there isn't like a Facebook and an Instagram yeah. just because yeah. they own literally everything, but <laughs> or something like it. it might morph and change in a new, yeah. Who knows yeah. what I, I the same thing about Blockbuster, right? <laughs> I, I think like 20 years ago when I went entered into college in 1995, I didn't mm -hmm. even have an email account. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I remember setting up my email account. I'm like, wow. I mean, things have happened. There, who knows in 30 years where we're going to be. Exactly. But I agree. I totally agree with you. I'm a sociologist. So I'm like, okay, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> we're completely social beings and we crave connection and, and we thrive with connection. And, and, you know, I love that you said that because for, in, for me with Instagram, I noticed that when I'm feeling kind of stuck or self-doubting or like, I notice that I can reach out and comment on other people's posts and they engage with me and then I feel better. Yeah. Like, cool. Like there, because it's like, you don't want to be putting work out there and no one's engaging with you. Right. It's really easy to engage. If you engage with them, then they engage with you and you're like, Oh cool. I have this awesome community of people and we can grow together. Exactly. So powerful. Um, but I know there are people who are resistant to social media. So I, I grapple with that when sometimes people say like, I hate social media. I don't want to have anything to do with it. And I kind of go, well, there are a few realities about business building in this era. Yeah. I think that for that visibility piece that you've got to be on some form of social media, choose your favorite one and go with that. But I think at least one form of social media to build your platform is useful. Right. And just to kind of add on that, I feel like, especially with networking, like one of the things that I wanted to do with my podcast is um, to get to connect with people I never would have had the opportunity to connect with. So I wanted to use it as kind of like a networking opportunity, a networking tool. So I believe that there's a really great opportunity to mix the digital, the digital with the physical. Mm -hmm. I think that most people, when they hear that, you know, you need to be on social media, it means that, oh, don't go to do any face-to-face -face networking. Don't talk to anybody. Just wall yourself up and just, you know, mm -hmm. get on Instagram and spend time there. But I think there's a really big opportunity. I think social media allows you opportunities that maybe you couldn't do face-to-face -face networking, but it doesn't necessarily replace it. It kind of complements it. I think yeah. most people have this perspective. It's either or when it could be both. So I, I really believe that there's a great opportunity to not necessarily say, okay, I connected with, we connected, you know, online and now, you know, we're doing, we're doing um, podcast interviews. So that would have yeah. never happened if we didn't have social media necessarily. So totally. I think, you know, it's, it's that, it's that blend that, that, inexact blend that we're always trying to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. And I think about, you know, probably 95% of my podcast guests and the podcasts I've been in, I have connected with people through Instagram or right. LinkedIn to, right. to do that. And it's like, you know, so those of you who are listening can't see us, but we're recording this on zoom. And, and so we are seeing each other face to face. So I get to have this awesome human connection right. and then share information with all of you digitally. You know, it's, it's a really, you're right. It's a, it's a cool intersection. Um, I want to ask you self-doubt. What's a big struggle you've overcome in your mind? I know as business builders, there's a lot of self-doubt. So yes. can you share with us, you know, how you overcome self-doubt? Yeah. Um, I think it's always an evolving process, but I think I definitely had self-doubt around starting the business um, in and of itself. Like I mentioned, um, I think you become your environment. And um, you can sometimes break that, but a lot of times you have to maybe do work in a different way in order to do that, to break down the barriers. And especially when I started my business, um, I heard from a lot of people, a lot of people <laughs> that that's not realistic. Um, go and do X, Y, and Z. And I think that I did a lot of that 
you know, that quiet time with myself. And it was definitely difficult um, to really, um, I guess, get my mind in the right place where I understood that I could do it. And I think that that's not something that just the the, the light just switched and it, it happened. I think it was like, you know, running a, um, you know, a marathon and you're constantly doing it over and over again. You're practicing every single day in order for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was probably one of the biggest things of even starting that. And I think it's specifically to the environment piece. I, joined a networking group with a bunch of business owners and it was a local networking group. And I had, it was a, a, a chapter that I went to every single week. And I think with me not being in that environment with no one I knew at my age and at that time developing and starting businesses, I needed that. And it was something that was huge in me being able to develop the confidence and to, to build that. And a lot of times it wasn't necessarily even me saying it. Sometimes it was people that were outside that came and visited the group and say, wow, you've really grown. And for me, I'm just, I'm like, okay, I just want to go to that next level. I don't, I don't see where I'm from, where I, where I came from or where, uh-huh. where I was. Yeah. It, people saying wow and then I think sometimes when you sit down and say okay this is where I was this is where I am you can start to get more confidence from that but I think that in and of itself just everything that I was doing you know between you know doing the blogs and the interviews just being I I created that environment so that I can try to increase my likelihood of being successful and it doesn't always you know happen like that but I think that you know that's something that I needed to do and and I and and, you know, in, environment goes a lot of different ways, but just I read taking a lot of information, a lot of positive information. Yeah. That's why I was so drawn to entrepreneurship is just because I felt like these are the most positive people in the world. <laughs> um, yeah, strong minds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to be able to think that you have an idea mm-hmm. and you create something a business to hire people, to pay people money is like yeah. crazy. So uh, I love that me to kind of motivate me and give me confidence as well. That's so awesome. So I want to sum for the listeners because these are very valuable. So overcoming self-doubt or even it sounds like preventing self-doubt for you in a lot of ways was being strategic about your environment. And that included networking with other business builders because they're in the game with you and hanging out with people who have that strong mind and celebrating your accomplishments. And it sounds like they were highlighting those for you. So that support system was helping you see how far you had come. And you were, you know, networking, celebrating, thinking about your environment and filling your mind with positivity. So I love that one of the things that I do when I feel really in self-doubt is I turn to podcasts. I go, okay, I'm going to listen to my podcast because it almost always, I want to say probably 95% of the time will shift me out of my stuckness. I'll be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I got this. I got this, you know, and often entrepreneurial podcasts because I I agree it's a really powerful mindset of, of growth and seeing challenges, not as obstacles that are in the way, but that are on the way and people are supportive and there's a lot of win-win connections. It's just an incredible community of, of people. And I, I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Share with us your top three max potential habits that you believe got you where you are today. Absolutely. This is a question that uh, when I first heard it, I was like, wow, this is a really powerful question. Um, And I think my first habit was probably just the ability to focus. And it's something that I struggle with tremendously. Um, But just understanding that it takes work to focus. I think there's a Steve Jobs quote that said, 
Um, you know, you have to work to, to be focused. You have to work to get to simplicity. Um, that's the, and especially related to design is something that you have to work really, really hard at doing. So it's also understanding that focus is not something that happens overnight because there are so many different options, especially when you start thinking in that entrepreneurial way, you see opportunities literally everywhere. You can't go after all of them. So it takes work to focus, but understanding and doing every quarter for me, um, I started to do, allowed me to understand that I can work on something and I can figure out whatever my formula is and change that formula every quarter. Not the entire formula, but maybe just mix one thing that's different. So that is, you know, part of, you know, one of the habits that I try to do is to do those quarterly kind of check-ins and to, to focus a lot more. The uh, second one um, is exploring. Uh, that's really big. I think that's something that we kind of touched on a few things is exploring and testing out different ideas. It's inherently a marketing strategy and thing that you should do. But I think just in business and in life and trying out different ideas uh, has been really a foundational principle for me. And then the third one, uh, maybe not as sexy, but it is time blocking. Um, time blocking has been tremendous for me. I think when I started to understand I don't have infinite energy and time, um, it started to make me be really strategic about like how to use my time and how to leverage my time um, throughout my, my weeks, my days, my quarters, as I mentioned. And it helped me to, I think, look long term, but at the same time, be as efficient as I can in, in this period of time. So those are probably be the three ones that really, I think, helped me out tremendously. But yeah, it's, it's been phenomenal. Those are incredible. I love this, the, the ability to focus. And, and it's, you're so right. It's like the, the I almost, uh, what's the term? The um, shiny object syndrome. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you think about, oh, there's this and this and this. And I think especially when you're a high achiever, it's really easy to take on too much. Yeah. And go, oh, I can do 8 million things. Or let's be realistic. I could do 10 things. <laughs> I can create 10 new projects, but really you might, it might be more beneficial for, for you to hyper-focus on three. Mm -hmm. And I love the quarterly um, check-ins and, and planning that way. And then uh, exploring and testing ideas and time blocking. These are great. Thank you so much, Gresh. Um, also, I just thought about this for everybody listening. I haven't mentioned this on this podcast too much. It's in my outro, but uh, I do have a Max Potential Habits online group training. It happens every week. So if you are an entrepreneur and you're like, Hey, I need a community. It's online. It's from the comfort of your home every Monday, join the community, tons of info on the, on my website, check it out because I, it, the part of the reason that I've created that is for that reason, because I think that people need community when they're taking on new adventures. We need people to support us and challenge us to grow. And I, you know, I like the format of teaching you max potential habits in that community, but even the, I think the, the more powerful piece is, is I, of course the content I bring is incredibly valuable, but the the real value is the community and the connection and the weekly check-in and knowing that someone's there to have your back. So for all of you listening, if you're looking for a community, check that out. And um, I know that lots of people are going to want to connect with you, Gresh. So tell us how we can connect with you. Absolutely. So kind of like my hub for everything is uh, greshamharkless.com. You can type that in. It should forward you to like a funky spelling progression, but you can literally see um, all the different projects that I'm working on. But I'm always at blue16media.com and CEO Blog Nation. And I'm on just about most social media sites, but I'm definitely spending a lot more time on LinkedIn. So please connect okay. with me there. 
Okay, so, and I want to spell these for everyone so they know, and, and I will put them in the show notes, but it's progression.com. So P-R-O-G-R-E-S-H-I-O-N.com. So you can reach him there. These will be in the show notes on Instagram. That's also his handle and the website cbnation.com and blue16media.com. So lots of great places, tons of great info. I know that you work with people, you have a blog, you have podcasts, and you also help people with focusing on their web design, SEO, and marketing strategy. Correct. Yeah, we definitely have, um, you know, we provide services and then we're creating a lot of premium content at cbnation.co. Um, so you can definitely. Oh, it's .co. Oh, sorry about co. that. .co. Okay. I know you're fine. Okay. Um, our CEO, com will take you there as well. But yeah, okay. we have a lot of premium content there. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It's been a great joy. Thanks for all of you listeners. And I will be back again soon with another Max Potential Habits podcast. I hope you all have an incredible week where you thrive and feel alive. I'll see you again soon, Gresh. All right. Thank you, Amanda.